Blog Talk Radio. services, the heroes out there fighting first responders, the doctors, the nurses, and all the sundry people fighting COVID 
and Bob's favorite person, the people in the in the um, markets that have kept us open. Um, we want to say thank you to each and every one of you. Uh, tonight is a very special program. It's uh, set up to uh, have a, a complete tribute to Dr. Chris Panarella. Uh, Chris is a, was a friend of mine for over 60 years. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, uh, nobody knows this, uh, but uh, I'm going to let it out now. I was his first patient when he went to Chester Hospital. And uh, I didn't go willingly, I will say that. I was working for uh, his uncle, and his uncle came around the corner and told me that there was Chris needed patients to work on, and if I didn't have any teeth problems, if I didn't go down there, I would have them tomorrow. So um, <laughs> the deep uh, love for each other in that family is just uh, tremendous. Uh, tonight, joining us uh, for the first time will be Dr. Chris, Chris's uh, son, uh, Dr. Lance, and a very good friend of ours and uh, a tremendous uh, fighter. Uh, fought for a, a, a long time, had a 22-3-3 three and three record, uh, was the first one to really uh, end up with the shortest end of the stick of a fight that he won uh, back in uh, 1992 at, at uh, February 8th. And that's uh, uh, silly as far as I'm concerned, the champ, uh, Dave Tabiri. Dave, how you doing tonight? Good. How are you? We're doing great. We're doing great. And Lance, how are you doing? We're doing wonderful, man. We got the whole family. Great. And uh, we also want to uh, take a moment to um, honor somebody who uh, has been uh, a faithful companion to uh, Chris for many, many years uh, and uh, held up uh, tremendously during um, his uh, sickness, and that's uh, his wife, Elaine. Elaine, uh, uh, our best wishes go out to you for everything that uh, you do. you're a strong person, and uh, we love you. Um, for those who don't know, uh, Chris was a was a, an athlete uh, in high school. He was born and raised in, in um, a small part of Delaware County, which is a, almost the uh, end of Delaware out in, in Pennsylvania. Um, he was president of his uh, class, 1954, at uh, Chichester High School, where he also uh, played football uh, and other sports. He went on to play at uh, the University of Delaware, where uh, it's kind of funny that uh, uh, our, our lives ran again into different people. Uh, my next-door neighbor was uh, Jack Bailey, who was uh, director of uh, education for the Brandywine uh, School District. And uh, Jack uh, was uh, a roommate with uh, another friend of uh, Chris's. Uh, John Walsh, uh, who was the athletic director at Archmere Academy and also uh, Joe Biden's uh, football coach. And then uh, the third roommate that uh, those guys had was uh, a guy who uh, just saved the Philadelphia uh, Phillies organization, Dallas Green. Um, Those guys uh, were all very good friends, and um, they were friends of mine, and I didn't know they were friends of Chris's until we got talking one day. But uh, he was an avid golfer, uh, and I know Mike Cole's got a couple of stories, and Sam Farnell has a couple of stories uh, about uh, um, their golfing. And um, one of the, I'll, I'll let Dave start. Uh, Dave, why don't you start uh, with your your part, and uh, we'll go from there. Well, first of all, thank you. Uh, it, it was an I was excited to, about tonight's call, and um, 
And going back to Doc, Dr. Panarelli is more like an uncle than, than a doctor to us. Uh, he was, he was uh, the whole family were family friends. We we grew up in the sport of boxing, but more importantly, we had a great family relationship. And uh, we reflect back, so I reached out to some of my brothers. There was actually seven of us at one time that Dr. Panarella was dialoguing with and helping us and mentoring us and spending. Uh, he just he was just more than a great friend, as I touched on. And, and um, I know even when I made a big decision in my boxing career uh, to leave New Jersey and and, um, and looking for the right trainer, uh, everybody told Dr. Panarella behind the scenes that the man had such a passion for the sport of boxing, but most importantly, the health and safety of the boxers. And I think that was important to him. He, uh, it was it was odd when I when I, when when Vince sent me a, an email that that passed because. It was a few months before that I got to talk to him. It was the first time I talked in years for as long as we talked. And we talked. He shared with me so much history about boxing. And I was like a sponge. My wife is, is that Dr. Panarella? Because we got on the call and he was bringing all these fight, big fights up and history. And, and um, But going back to my siblings, they were talking about, they would love to have been on this call tonight because they each had so many stories about Dr. Panarella, about always being there. And, um, always making sure that, um, you know, he had the best interest from not just the, the boxer but the person, the, you know, the individual, the way we lived, the things that we did. And so I'd have to say overall he was such a mentor in our lives in so many ways. And um, and just um, – and we're all going to miss him because uh, I know that, um, you know, my career wouldn't have nearly have been – I would have never wanted to have a chance playing for two world titles with Dr. Panarella. Uh, Uncle, Uncle uh, Chris was not in our lives because – uh, that was a sentiment my brothers all shared too. He, he was much more than a dentist and a friend. He was he was truly a family member, and uh, he had a tremendous impact in the Tiberi family's life. Mm-hmm. Great, great. Hey Lance, uh, uh, Bob G's on with us. Uh, oh wait a minute, got to put my other guy on here. Z, how you doing tonight? Hey, but I'm I'm very tired, but I am so glad to be on. I mean, I kind of missed it. We've been off for a minute, and and I'm 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 glad to be back talking, uh, fighting, you know, just talking to you. I mean, I missed you, but yeah, well, we all missed. Uh, Bob can finally uh, turn off his uh, alarm clock. It has been going off when we haven't been on, but uh, uh, you know, he's talking about being out there sailing that big boat again. See, what are we going to do with him? Uh, Z, you know, tonight's a, a tribute to uh, to uh, Dr. Chris. And uh, uh, would you add some? I know you were the last one of our group that had lunch with uh, with Chris. Um, I had dinner with him about two years ago, and I think yeah, between then and now, you and Ty had a chance to sit down and have uh, have lunch with him. Yes, um, absolutely. Let me talk about uh, first of all. Before I even get into the personality of Dr. Chris, mm-hmm. the physicality of this guy, Dr. Chris is about five seven five eight, which he always said he was. He's about five seven five eight. Uh, when I saw him, he is probably one of the to be five seven five eight, probably one of the broadest shoulders guys I've ever seen. And not that his shoulders are like, you know, extremely wide from inch to inch. When I say broad, his shoulders are broad to the point to where they are noticeable. And 
I shook hands with Dr. Chris. Um, and, and, and I'm going to say two things. And Butch, you're going to verify this one. My daddy had hands. And my, my dad and my, and my mother, they, uh, they, they farm sugar cane. And if anyone knows anything about, you know, you know just dealing with sugar cane, it, it, it's a very hard thing to do with the hands. My dad had hands like catcher's mitts. Uh, he played basketball, but I got out of line with my dad. And we're talking in the seventies, and my dad he was a real guy. And I've got and Butch, you already know, I've got yeah. way out of line before my dad. My dad had to put hands on me. He had to put those catcher's mitts on me. So now that that's said, there's nobody in. I haven't sparked anyone in my life that could put hands on me like my daddy. <laughs> um, with that said, Dr. Chris reminded me like hand-wise of my dad. Body-wise, I gave him a hug. And I gave him a hug, and it was like hugging a machine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he take your breath away when he give you a hug. Yeah. I mean, I mean, just the body. Yeah, yeah. Is that Bob? Hey, Bob, missed you, Bob. But just having Dr. Chris, just the handshake and the hug, because I, I get the handshake and the hug. And it's like the handshake is hugging your catcher's mitt with a, a harder grip than you'll ever imagine. And hugging him, like just hugging him, is a thought. And you know, I'm not. You know, I'm not on anything. I'm on a fight. I'm a fight guy's thing. So I know how to measure people. I know when I get in the grass, how to feel people's certain densities and things. And he is probably one of the two most people, the densest people I've ever met. Just in physicality, I don't care about size or anything. When you talk about density, you could be. Tyson Fury, I'm pretty sure, would have a problem moving Dr. Chris if Dr. Chris did not want to be moved. Density. Just the gravity and the density. When guys are shorter and, and they have that just density, they don't have to be that heavy. They just have that density and that level of gravity. Those guys are just strong as heck. I've, I've dealt with them. Um... I mean, I'm not. I mean, and I know Bob is here. Bob knows when you get to a certain place, you, you get those guys when they're lighter weight. But the density and gravity, you have a problem dealing with a, a lot of times. The guys who know what they're doing with that sort of stature. But now I'm going to talk about yeah. Dr. Chris' personality. I'm going to be real quick with it. Dr. Chris, he often proved me wrong. He often proved me wrong, and one thing that often doesn't happen in the realms of fight is that I get proven wrong. I know, and, and me and Ty, we talked about it all the time. That Bernard Hopkins Kovalev fight. Mm-hmm. Dr. Chris, he said Kovalev gonna he's gonna he's gonna take apart Hopkins, and he talked technically exactly how he was gonna do it. And me and Ty argue, and especially me. I, I can't 
you know, vouch too much for Ty. I know Ty went the way I did, but I argued the I argued the counterpoint that happens this and this and that. And boy, oh boy, Butch gave us tickets. Thank you, Butch. I have to give it out to Butch, and I have to I got to see it up in person. And Dr. Chris was exactly right. I love you, you know, uh, not only is that the history, though. I'm sorry. Yeah, and, you know, he, he uh, so everybody will know, uh, Dr. Chris has, has always been our, our boxing historian. Uh, Dr. Mm-hmm. Chris also became our head chef because he uh, developed a, a way to uh, um, tell us all how to cook crow after we had to eat it after he was right and we were wrong. <laughs> he, he certainly, he certainly enjoyed it. I mean, I mean, it tastes pretty good. Apparently, I had to eat it a few times. I mean, I, I've served it back one or two times with me. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I've served it back one or two times, but I've learned that I've had to deal with Dr. Chris. I've had to eat quite a bit of it. You and I both, Chris. You and I both. Yep. 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 The uh, uh, we're joined uh, tonight also with uh, a gentleman who was uh, a good friend of Chris's, and a good friend of I think every person in the city of Chester at some time or other has gone to this man and asked for a favor, and he never turned anybody down. Uh, that's Mr. Sam Farnell. Uh, Sam, how you doing tonight? I'm doing fine. How about yourself? We're doing great. We're doing great. We're uh, we're just uh, telling stories. Uh, we have Lance on the phone here with his family, and Elaine is on here. So uh, we uh, we just uh, want to make sure that uh, uh, I, I know you and I have talked, and uh, oh. <laughs> there's a there's a good story that you have, and and if you could uh, just let everybody know that, and uh, we'd appreciate it. Yeah, well, my time then with Chris was. Uh, Mostly on a golf course, and we went to a lot of championship fights. We would go down Atlantic City to see championship fights. And then uh, later on, the log cabin, you know, out on uh, Route 1, mm-hmm. they start, uh, they had closed circuit TV, and they start doing championship fights there. And when they started doing the championship fights at the log cabin, it was being promoted by Genesee Brewery from Rochester, New York. Mm-hmm. And, of course, Carmen Borsillo, in his retirement, worked for, for Genesee Brewery. And uh, so he would be on site, and we would see him. We would see him all the time over at the log cabin. And... Of course, we were all, him being Italian and us being Italian, we related to each other from, from that standpoint. But uh, Chris Chris starts into some friendly, little friendly spatting with us. And, of course, the thing that Chris got into him about was Cecilio had three fights with championship fights with uh, Sugar, Sugar Ray Robinson. And of course, the first fight, he beat him pretty good. Uh, beat him pretty good. And the second fight, the 
Basilio beat him again, but they gave the decision to Robinson, which everybody felt was bad. And in the third fight, Basilio lost. And, uh, of course, Chris would never let Basilio forget about that. You know, he he started telling him that he started telling uh, Basilio, he was an old man. You let an old man beat him. He said, you had him for seven or eight rounds. You couldn't handle the old man. And, of course, Basilio, wow. he didn't realize that you know, Chris was playing with him. And, boy, Basilio mm-hmm. got it ended up. And it was like for about the next hour, they were going back and forth each other. Of course, I was just sitting back enjoying it. <laughs> But, but, you, but you know how Chris could he could kneel somebody in a friendly manner, and um, yep. but still he didn't realize that that's what Chris was doing. I I I, I remember hearing Doctor Chris tell, uh, oh man, Stevie Cunningham. I didn't think he did that good against that guy. I mean, he's telling the guys who are at the top of that level on the phone, like he just. I didn't think that much of you when you did that, Doctor Chris. I mean, he was—he did not play with his with his opinion. I mean, I love that about that guy. Yeah, no, no mercy for anybody. It didn't matter what or when. No, no. Oh, that was funny to me. I used to laugh. Me and Ty used to get a very big kick out of, and just the way he talked. I mean. I mean, and I don't want to be derogative or anything towards anybody because, I mean, but Dr. Chris, he would say, yeah, he's a tough Mexican. And, you know, we just get a kick because that's the truth. That was the truth. For a Mexican, he's tough. And he would say something like that. For You know, for a Mexican, that guy's not that tough. But for a Mexican, the guy he faces tough. I mean, he, he, wouldn't, he wouldn't, wasn't the most polit- politically correct guy. And, and we would get a kick out I of that. I loved it. Yeah, yeah, because it was yeah. old school. And that old yeah. school, that's the truth, though. Dr. Christie told the absolute truth. Right. How about you, Bob? You got the, you have a story. Yeah, I mean, I never got the chance to meet Dr. Chris in person, but we'd always, you know, uh, I mean, he was so knowledgeable with boxing and everything. And then just, you know, uh, since I've been on this show, you know, hearing his interest in MMA growing and all that kind of stuff, I was thinking about him just recently when, you know, Connor broke his legger. Uh, Connor broke my legger. Uh, but anyway, uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, so uh, – uh, but yeah, and, and, and Dr. Chris never pulled the punches. He was just so honest, brutally honest and, you know, never, uh, not a mean bone in his body. Didn't mean anything negative, but just talk it like it is, you know, there, you know, he forgets somebody's name or something. You mean the fat Mexican, you know, and, and, uh, you know, or whatever. And, and I just, I would just die exactly. and laugh, and, you know, and, 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 and you know, and that would just open the door for my potty mouth. You know what I mean? Like, oh, me and Dr. Chris would go back and forth. And then, you know, and every time, you know, Butch would, we'd get ready or, or, or you know, for the show and, 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 and Frank would call him and, and uh, he'd be out in, in the garden or some shit, like not even knowing that the phone was on or, you know, uh, great stories, you know, like we'd be on the show live and, I think his daughter, somebody came over in their car and he just walked off and started talking to them. 
and uh, we got to hear the whole conversation. It's phenomenal, you know, just phenomenal. So, so Bob, 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 me and Ty, we do, I mean, and we do get a little kick out of you too because we're calling, we're beginning to call you the new Dr. Chris. <laughs> well, I, I, Matt, 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 the whole thing is this We have Big Dog on here A, a lot of times So he that, 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 like, He kind of trumps a lot of things <laughs> But you are, are, are really Really I mean and, and Don't stop it Don't stop what you're doing I appreciate it Yeah the, uh, the the other Sam, you have another story, don't you? You were talking. You're just about to say. Well, uh, yeah, I guess a little bit on another one. Uh, we all belong to different country clubs, and of course, he would come over to, to my country club. I'd go to his. He would go over to different ones. We'd make the rounds. But every time, I'm not going to say where he he belonged, but just every time we we went over to his, he would prep us. Because he had this feeling there was a little bit of a dislike for the Italians over there. And he would say, hey, now, you be on your guard because rest assured something's going to happen and it's, and, and it's going to be against us. So if, if anything happens, be prepared to help me and back me up. But, of course, nobody would. But he would always forever, for some reason, get in it with other people about it. <laughs> he was, you know, he was well. We all are, but he was really, really a proud Italian. Yes, he was. Yes, he was. You know, the, the uh, it, it's funny you say that because when he was a young boxer, um, he was he was pretty decent uh, boxer, and uh, so um, the guy who was running him out of uh, Marcus Hook took him downtown uh, Philly, and he was going to fight uh, Joey Giardello. So they get there, oh the fight's supposed to be, I'll say, at 11. They get there at 10 o'clock, he gets ready, he goes out, and Giardello's playing cards. So they say, well, after this hand. Well, it, 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 it got to be 3 o'clock. Chris says, when the hell am I going to fight him? <laughs> and they ended up having to take Chris home because Giardello wouldn't get up from the table. He, he looked at Chris, and he knew he was in trouble. So he wouldn't leave the table. <laughs> he was he was mad about that he yeah. used to talk about that all the time I and, and his trainer and how excited he was to get a chance to spar against a guy like that of that caliber and he was so frustrated because he would he would play cards for hours and hours and hours and, and never train mm-hmm. yeah yeah Lance you've got uh, some stories I'm, I'm going to get Tex Cobb on the line here in a minute but uh, could you uh, expand on some of the stories that you have? I think, like, the best memory, like, if you want to describe my dad in one, one story, uh, there was a time we used to burn brush all the time. And my, my thing was always he didn't care what was going on. He would do whatever he wanted to do, regardless of the rules, regardless of the circumstances. Oh. Like, it didn't matter, you know. And so we're lighting the, burning the branches and all that we had collected, and it was real windy, and the whole – the woods had caught on fire a couple times before, right? We've had the fire company over there. Oh. Of course, him, he never cared. You know, he's, ah, whatever, it's fine. You know, no big deal. It's only going to go so far. I'm like, oh, my God. 
So this day is bad. It's the worst one. It's really out of control. Me and my buddies from school, we're like running in the woods trying to stomp the fire out. And like, it's like a scene from the movie, you know, where it's like that moment where is the fire going to burn the whole woods down? Is everybody going to be safe or is it all going to just go out and be okay? And I turn around in the middle of it. I mean, it melted the shoe, the glue out of my shoes. Like I lost all the soles off my boots. And in the middle of all that, I turn around to see what he's doing. And he's literally, there's a stump in the middle of the yard. He's putting a pile of wood around it and he's taking fire from the fire in the wood and lighting another fire. Like in the middle of this what the hell are you doing? Like, help us. He's like, I always hated this tree stump. I'm going to burn it out of here while this is going on. I'm, you know, just the whole wood is about to go up and clean. Wow. He's worried about something else. Uh, you know, and that's him in a nutshell. <laughs> uh, 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 uh. Oh, we have yeah. a laugh. I know that one. There's <laughs> <laughs> a certain amount of cultures. Wow. You heard, you, heard, you heard it right. We have the one, the only, the inimitable Mr. Tex Cobb. Tex, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. I'm sure glad you had me here because I'll tell you right now, Chris Turner is one of the finest men I ever knew. <laughs> good men. I know a lot more backwards. I know some real good men. And like I said, uh, if uh, if he ain't number one, he's carrying hell out of it because he's he's right on the heels of it. He's as good a man as I've ever met. He really is. Mm-hmm. He's a guy that loved his family. That uh, mm-hmm. uh, I had a great friend. I mean, his wife's beautiful, Miss Lane, uh, Chris Jr., who, who's already left us, but Rick. And, and of course, you got you got the hot dog, uh, Lance Panarella, who has, without question, without question, the greatest left hook of any dentist has ever breathed there. I'm telling you right now. You got a left hook to drop wow. it like a huge rubber. Mm. It was hard to grow up in my family without one, you know. I don't even tell you. I had a pound of rubber. <laughs> you grew up with that left hook, you'd be better off with that left foot. <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 it's funny how he got the fixed teeth. It's funny how that's his trade. He got the fixed teeth. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Tex, uh, you have a, have a – I know there was a story about uh, you, and you and your wife and Elaine and, and uh, Chris being at a small restaurant on uh, on Broad Street in Philly when uh, all of a sudden uh, a uh, argument broke out between uh, uh, people and uh, you were able to comment and, and take the guys outside. Do you have any other stories you want to tell us? Uh, well, actually, uh, my my ability to, to, to do group counseling is, is fairly well uh, <clears throat> documented. And that was one instance when, uh, when it was real, real simple. You just... Uh, you have to uh, approach and, and appeal to to the to, to the better nature, you know, mm-hmm. and and the sense of survival. And uh, the best thing we could all do was was leave this particular restaurant and go outside and negotiate, uh, renegotiate, or whatever we needed to do. But we needed to do it, you know, outside of this particular uh, place where where my wife and, and, and Elaine and, and Chris were going to eat. Good. Um, does, that, does that sound like something anybody would swallow? 
<laughs> well, it's a lot better than the, than the, after your fight with uh, Larry Holmes when the two of you were trying to have breakfast. Wow! 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 Uh, well, I can tell you right now, this is about Chris Panarello, and like I said, I know a few men. Uh, you know, he was a fight doctor. He was a fight doctor at. Uh, uh, at Upper Darby and Blue uh, Blue Horizon a time or two, and mm-hmm. uh, you know Chris Chris was a, a, a great uh, a great sportsman with, with boxing. He loves boxing, and uh, did did some of it himself. Did a fine job, and, and uh, you know, as a matter of fact, every Panarello man by name could fight. You know, I mean, Chris Junior was. Uh, uh, he was a Golden Grove champion. Rick Rick fought, and, and like I said, that, that last Panarella got a good left hook. Didn't even, you know, got a better left hook than Henry Dennis ever breathed there. I'll tell you right now. <laughs> hey, guys, I know uh, that, that uh, our next caller is on a uh, short short leash from work. Um, he's a filmmaker, uh, tremendous person. Um, Ty, how you doing tonight? Hey, I'm doing well, man. I just wanted to uh, chime in in honor of Dr. Chris. I'm sorry I couldn't uh, do the show tonight, and I can't be here too long. Um, but the best way to honor Dr. Chris is to let those who know him better, like Tex, speak about him. So it's just an honor to be here, an honor to have worked with him, an honor to have met him and broken bread with him. Um, and I'm, I'm just thankful for his presence uh, continuously because he's still here with us um, on the show every Saturday night. So, uh I'm just grateful uh, to have this opportunity to say uh, uh, thank you to Dr. Chris, and we miss you. Yeah, he, uh, um, big he brother, mention... big brother. Big, oh, I'm sorry. Big brother, uh, don't go nowhere. I'm on, I'm, I'm, I'm on this thing, too. I don't mean to interrupt anything, but uh, I haven't talked to my big brother in a while, and all tribute to Dr. Chris. Um, but I just need to know that one thing, I had to say about Randall Tex Cobb, and Dr. Oh, Chris always it. said this. I have to bring I have to bring the story up just because Dr. Chris always said this. Everybody in the world could not take Ernie Shaver's punch. Mm-hmm. What was going on with that? Ooh. Well. <clears throat> Uh, I wish I had a minute. Dr. Chris said you were the only one. Well, I was the only one that uh, that night. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you one thing. Chris, Chris asked me about that himself, and yeah. uh, I told I told Chris. Uh, I had no real memory of it, and that uh, he had an idea uh, about. We were. I remember going to Chris's house and watching fights of all kinds. I mean, we'd go over there, and he'd have parties with uh, with half a hundred guys, and we'd be watching, you know, be watching boxing, be be eating, and and and, uh, and you know, he could cook too. Of course, being a paisan, you know, I think that's half of it. Uh, but uh, uh, no, no. Chris, Chris was—he was a great entertainer. I mean, you know, he'd throw a party, and, and uh, 
you know, he knew how to laugh and just carry on. And I like, you know, Chris Panarello was, was one of the few guys that fit in absolutely anywhere. You know, from a ring to a street corner, you know, to uh, uh, you know, to, to a dinner club. I mean, this guy was at home. Uh, whether you were, you know, in a suit and tie, a pair of trunks. Uh, uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, he made. Some <laughs> I mean, and and uh, yeah, I mean, he's he's all kind of stuff that was just really special, really, you know, the kind of guy like I said that you that you're lucky to know. He really was the kind of guy that that you you're you're not just glad to know that you're lucky to know. And, and, and yeah. the longer you're around them, the better that you, better that you knew that for sure. Yeah. Well, Tech, guys, the same, I got the same I gotta, way you talked about him. I got That's the same way guys, you talked about you. Guys, I got to get out of here. Huh? I need to. We need to pack up and get out of here. So I will talk to you guys next Saturday. Yes, sir. You do that. Thanks, Ty. All right. Yeah. Thank, Thank you. you, bro. I'm gonna I'm 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 call you later, bro, if you're available. All right, bro. Absolutely. Hey, uh, we're uh, we're joined with uh, Tex. You have uh, a uh, this this guy has a man crush on you. Uh, he's uh, he's written about you. He's uh, uh, tried to emulate you in, in the ring. Uh, he's a, a boxing writer. Uh, he was the lead writer for um, um, Doghouse Boxing, and that's uh, the big dog Benny Henderson. Benny, how you doing? Yeah, how you guys doing? How you guys doing? <laughs> Hello, Benny. What's going on, big guy? Hey, man. Um, I'm fixing to listen, guys. If I start peeing myself or fan, fanboying out, please Daddy, tell me. Daddy. <laughs> Mr. Cobb, Mr. Cobb, Mr. I'm going to tell you something, sir. I have looked up to you well, for many years, and um, I don't look up to many first people. Off, I appreciate that, but first okay. off, we got to get the name straight. Mr. Cobb was my daddy. They call me Cats. Text. Thank you so much. Yeah. Um, I just want to say thank you so much. I have looked up to you for many years. I don't look up to many, many men. The ones I looked up to was my dad. He's gone. My grandpa, he's gone. My father-in-law, he's gone. I look up to other people, you and Butch. You guys mean so much to me. Um, Tech. Thank you so much. I wanted yeah. to fight. Just, I wanted to fight just like you. And I was like, I'm gonna be just like Tex. That's, uh, that may not have been as encouraging as one might have imagined. Did you work on your defense? Did you work on your defense a little more than Tex did? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like at all, did it ever occur to you that maybe maybe not getting hit in the face would be more advantageous? Uh, well, I was I was like Tex or Homer Simpson getting beat up in the face a bunch until the guys got tired, but it hit them and they fell out. But I tried. Ernie Schaefer's punch. Only person take Ernie Schaefer's punch. Hey, well, man. But I, tech, I, I, I want to tell you one thing. <laughs> it wasn't. If I had to do over. No, Ernie was the sweet text. It would have been sweet text cop. I can see Tex out there dancing back and forth, you know, like move, you know, you know, slipping and sliding. Hey, Tex, you're from Bridge, you're from Bridge City, Texas, correct? Yes, sir. 
Yeah, you know what? And that's funny to who? Who's laughing about I'm from Bridge City, Texas? I'm not laughing. I'm not laughing. I'm not laughing because I'm from Texas myself. So, but, uh, you went. Uh, you went to Abilene Christian. Was that was that true? Was that true? Off and on. No, I mean, I, okay, uh, you know, yes, I was there. I was there. I, you uh, I had you myself and the administration came to. New delivery able to reconcilable differences on a few occasions. And, uh, yeah, you know what Odessa is, don't you? Odessa? Uh, do what? Uh, so you know where Odessa is? You better. No, I mean, you know where Odessa is. is. Yeah, that's that's where I was born. That's what I'm trying to say. I, you know. Oh, really? Did you go to uh, Permian or Odessa High? Or no, I went to Odessa High. Yeah, uh-huh. I went to Odessa High because. Um, they had a great team there, you know, for Permian, and um, I played for the Always other team. Got their ass for years. Yeah, always. Odessa High was uh, was always second fiddle in that spot. And, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, what, 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 what position did you what position did you play? Um, I was um, I was a water boy. <laughs> good job. Good, good. So, uh, actually, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, actually, I was a fullback. Um. Uh, I had a coach. I had a coach. Um, I played for different teams. And uh, when I moved back to Odessa with my dad, I said, hey, Dad, I want to play for Permian. My dad hit me. He goes, no, boy, we're from West Odessa. So, no, no, all kidding aside, man, I went there and I wanted to play football. And all the other teams I played for, they always made me nose tackle. Well, there was a – I had a history teacher who was also the running back coach, and uh, he was a black dude. And I said, hey, man, I want to try out for running backs. Everybody else laughed at me. He goes, you know what? I'm going to let you try it out. He, and I, I became – I was their fullback, and uh, I did really good until I got hit. But uh, Yeah, that, that changes things. That, uh, I know it's the same thing. Yeah. Hey, but I'm not going to keep you very long, but I just want to say this, Tex. Um, I, I followed you throughout your, your um, fighting career as well as your acting career, and I've always looked up to you. And you were a tough son of a gun, a tough son of a gun. You fought some of the toughest guys. But I want to say this. And I mean it with all my heart. One of your greatest fights ever, ever, is when you beat Dirty Dancing. (laughs) 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 Well, that was before he got dirty. uh, Yeah, he got him dirty in the water. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, we're uh, we're also joined... uh, by another uh, golfing uh, friend of uh, of Chris's, uh, PGA uh, professional teacher, uh, Mike Cole. Mike, how you doing tonight? I'm good, thanks, Frank. How are you all? We're good. We're doing good. Hi, Mike. Yeah. This is, uh, of course, this is a tribute to to Chris, and uh, I know that uh, you've had some stories. But if you can keep them clean and uh, don't talk about the uh, strip joints or anything like that, we'll we'll be we'll get along fine. <laughs> All right, we'll try. <laughs> we appreciate your cooperation, Mike. We truly do. 
<laughs> correct. The, the gentlemen's clubs. All right. That's DC. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead, Mike. Well, I just you know, I, I Chris when I was a young assistant pro, about my third year in the golf business, uh I I moved to uh, right down the street, I'd been at Ten Oaks uh, Golf Club in Westchester and moved uh, about, you know, mile and a half down the road. Uh, Concord Country Club uh, had uh, had uh, advertised for a teaching assistant, and which is what I was always my first love. And so I, I interviewed for it and was fortunate enough to get it. And, so as I was starting to meet some of the new members, uh, I remember that trying to kind of meet some of the better players and just say, hey, guys, you know, if you, if you need a fourth, let me know. I'd be happy to join you type thing. And and that's kind of the way the conversations went. And then one day Chris walked into the pro shop and he said, hi, Mike. Um, my name is Chris Panarella, and I, I knew the name and knew he was a you know a low handicap player, a real good player. I said, Doctor Panarella, nice to meet you. And before I got a chance to say anything, he said, Hey, Mike, would you like to come play golf with us someday? You know, I'd like to join you know join us for golf. I said, I'd, It'd be a pleasure. And one thing that sticks out in my mind is that when I was playing with some of these other guys, that were all all great guys, but I always felt like I was auditioning. You know, as as the the new employee, the new the new assistant pro, I was I, I felt a little under the under pressure that I was auditioning for these other good players. When I went out and played with Chris, it was like I was playing with an old friend right off the bat. You know, he just made me feel very comfortable, no pressure, and and I realized I wasn't just playing with you know a really good player. I was playing with a really good person. And that that's just going stuck in my mind. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, he was really a great guy. Treated myself and everybody on staff like a person. Always treated us with respect, and you know, and I always appreciated that. And and I think that's you know what kind of started our friendship. And I I guess one of the best stories I could tell about Chris is that, uh, and Frank, you happen to be a part of this one. Uh Uh-oh. Spread, spread the blame. Spread the blame wherever possible. Right. We, we were playing. We were playing in a tournament at Springhaven Country Club, and it was Chris, uh, Frank, and uh, Dr. Ron Repesey. And we get on this one one hole that I, I, it was a shotgun start, so I don't even recall which hole it was. It's only about the third hole we had played. And there was out of bounds to the right. Well, Frank gets up and takes this mighty swing, and the ball goes about 50 yards out of bounds. And he turns, turns and looks at everybody, everybody, you know, straight face, not saying anything. Some smoke coming out of Frank's ears. He's up another one. This one goes 75 yards out of bounds to the right. Turns again. Nobody's saying anything. Still more smoke coming out of Frank's ears. He's up a third one, takes a mightier swing at this one, and whiffs it completely. And turns and looks at everybody like, 
don't anybody say anything. And I couldn't help myself. I looked. I said, Frank, at least that was not out of bounds. (laughs) (laughs) I thought he was going to charge me until Chris started laughing out loud. And and I thought, oh my God, thank you, Chris, because I was I was going to run behind Chris. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that was a smart move. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and that, that was that that was a funny funny day that day, and you know, very enjoyable. Oh, every every time you got on the golf course with with Chris was a was a fun day. You know, very good player. Uh, you know, he he wanted to win, but it was never never cutthroat. He was out there to have a good time, but wanted to win as well. He was obviously, you know, a great competitor uh, in, in anything he did. But, uh, you know, that's the, those are the fonder memories I have of Chris. Just, uh, and, and like I said, more than a good person. I mean, more than a good golfer, a, a very good person. Fellas, yeah. fellas, um, I'm 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 gonna have to leave out. Uh, I'm I'm at work right now, and I just wanted to. Uh, I did the best I could. Thanks, see. Um, yeah, no, no. I, like I love Dr. Chris, and I had I had to take some time out just to give him some really really proper memories. Uh, I love you guys, and you know all that. You know, love to fighting fighting words. Talk to you later. Okay, we'll Thanks. see you next week. Take care, Bo. Thank you. Appreciate it. The, uh, hey, guys. I got to say this. I'm fixing to get out myself. Um, it's not because I'm working, because I'm fixing to make love to my wife. And uh, um, <laughs> when she goes to sleep. Thank but you I'm for saying. Yeah. <laughs> but I just want to say thank you guys for having me on. And what you guys are doing, you you always, Fighting Words always takes time to honor good people. And to, tonight's show was great. And I know him and his family, you know, would, is honored, you know, to do this. And, uh, and again, Tex, I want to say thank you so much for speaking with me. You're, you're, you're awesome. And I hope one day soon you and I can talk on the phone together. I would love to pick your brain and interview you and write about you. That would be a dream come true if you're ever down. And um, well, thank you. It just thank you guys so much. And uh, and I want your autograph too. I want your autograph my butt. That way I'll get it. Uh, <laughs> uh, 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 uh. That way it won't be won't be washed away. <laughs> <laughs> That's for damn sure. He's from Texas. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm from Texas. Yeah. But anyways, <laughs> but thank you so much, Dave. <laughs> Butch, thank you so much for letting me, you know, talk to Tex. Because, you know, last night I was like a fanboying out. And I think I handled this really well. Really well. So, but uh, we're, we're just happy that you're uh, sober and uh, that the uh, language has improved since last night. And uh, I hope uh, you continue that way. Uh, maybe we get you a, a fighting words chip. So, okay, um, I'm not sober. I'm getting there. I'm just getting there. So I, I, I waited. I waited to start drinking just in case I, I said something to text might get me beat up. I want to be sober just because I had to run. I don't want him to jump off like something like with two grenades and blow me up, you know. So <laughs> but I, love, I love you guys. I love you guys. Thank you so much. 
Uh, Benny, we'll talk to you later on. Thank you much. Hey, thank you, Tex. I'm serious, Tex. I want to interview you, Tex. I want to interview you. I really do. I'll send you his phone number. Well, thank you. You're down for it? Tex is down for interview. We'll figure out something. Lance, uh, um, I have a a note here from uh, Bernard uh, Bernard Hopkins. Uh, Bernard, uh, I talked to him earlier in the week. Uh, He's on his way to uh, Japan for a promotional thing. But he wanted to tell you, your mom, and and your family how much he really appreciates everything that your father ever did for him. He said that he was like a second father to him at some times, um, and he uh, tried to (laughs) – he said he couldn't find enough filler to fill those, that gap between his two front teeth. <laughs> <laughs> I got a funny one about Bernard. So I'm working on him one day, and in the middle of working on him, and it was when he was in the middle of the you know, championship peak of his career. So he, he looks up at me, starts waving his hands real fast, like to stop. And I, I'm like, you know, of course, when Bernard starts waving his hands to stop, you stop. So I back up and I'm like, what's the, what's the matter, man? Are you okay? He goes, I got to want to question your sanity for wanting to do this to somebody. He goes, there has to be something wrong with you and your dad. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so I look at him and I go, well, you know, people might say that to you for what you do. He goes, yeah, but both of you like to do that too. <laughs> uh, 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 uh. So on top of what we all did, he wondered about you and Keith. And it was a legitimate question. Don't kid yourself. <laughs> oh, man, Bernard was a lot of fun. I'm, I'm glad that's really nice of him to say. And, you know, to, to, to go back to Dave and his family real quick and say some of my fondest memories of my dad's life were when they were all in the amateurs together and fighting and some of Dave's family were in the pros. My dad loved to watch them fight and talk about their styles and how they were and, and just he enjoyed that family so much. That was just a, a wonderful part of his life. So to everybody in the very family, if you're listening or you can hear it, um, you had a special place in his heart that not a lot of people had, and he, he loved you all for it, and, and he really enjoyed the memories. They were, they were, he was really fond of them. Man, the family's definitely mutual. Yeah, the, uh, we have one of his family members on with us right now, one of the uh, youngest boxers that uh, Chris uh, emulated and, and really loved uh, to talk to and, and try and help out, he and his dad. Uh, Joey, how you doing? Good, good. How you guys doing? We're doing great. Uh, um, great, great to hear your voice, Joe. Good, you yeah. too. How you been? Wonderful, man. Wonderful. You know, getting by... Obviously, it's quiet, as you can imagine, without him, you know. He's, he's a lot of noise. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 uh. Oh, oh. This, 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 this my man that never spoke. Lance, go ahead, Joey. I know you had some, some stories you wanted to tell. Go ahead. I don't even know if I, I don't know where to start. Uh, you guys ask me some questions. I'll give you answers. How about that? That'll work a lot better. Okay. Uh, um, right. You know that he, he took a great interest in your, uh, your and your dad. Well, first of all, let's go back to step, take a step back. How's your dad doing since the stroke? 
Good, good. I mean, he's still. I can't keep up with him. It's it, it's he's in he's in and out <laughs> doctors every every week. Uh, you know, it, it's crazy because it's uh, you know just to relate to like boxing in general, the different eras and generations of it all. Like, you know, when he was growing up, he was sparring heavyweights and everything else, and they were sparring fifteen rounds and just and just beating the crap out of each other. And it's like. I get. I, I unfortunately have to see some of the side effects of him getting older. On top of those, what's the right word to say? Just that. Just the sport in general back then to how it is, you know, now, and just seeing, just seeing him deal with it is, you know, it just it just weighs on you, and and that's where, you know, is it worth it at the end of the day and stuff like that. It all it all crosses past in my mind and stuff. But I mean. You know, uh, I know he loved doing it when he when he was doing it. It's just hard. It's just seeing the the results of it all now coming coming to play. And like I said, you know, if it's not one thing, it's another thing. And just just getting old in general, um, you know, it's just not. <laughs> it, you know, I know I can't say I'm old, even though I feel like it. Uh, uh, but just seeing through him, just 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 you know, just a fighter through through it all. I mean, whether it's health or just. You know, just looking back at how he had a gym when he had a gym, and we, my mom had three of us under three, and just now, because now that I'm a dad and I have kids, and just seeing how much time you actually have to put into it, and just just relating to things that I just don't know how he did it. But overall, he's you know he's still fighting, he's still you know kicking, and he's doing what he got to do, and he goes and see who he has to see, and you know he's he's yeah he's doing good overall. He's still doing good. Good, good, good. Chris always uh, always talked uh, very highly of uh, your prospects, uh, and I know that you had uh, quite a few uh, fights. Um, how about um, can you relate anything back on that? Yeah, I mean, I'm at the point in my life where I look back at my career, where I could have actually progressed mm-hmm. further, and I'm not somebody that. I enjoyed life as a, as a youngster and run around doing all the stuff young guys do, whether, you know, partying and all the good stuff. And when it was time to crack down and fight, you know, you have to sacrifice a lot of things. I miss a lot of my friends' birthday parties, a lot of family events, like just a lot of things in life that you don't – now you look back and you don't get the – you don't get the – like I realized going through my career life was short, but now that I have kids and I look back at everything, it's like it's a lot shorter. And, it go, and time just flies by, but – you know, I'm 35 now. I have two kids. Um, it's, like, hard to really, you know, I keep talking myself into, like, really wanting to go and maybe try to make a couple of dollars off it. I have the record to do it. And even with the record I have, you know, I put a lot of sacrifice and gave up a lot just for the record that could have been better or whatever you want to call it. Um, it's just hard to see if it's really worth it with, you know what I mean, the time because it's, like, I don't have a gym anymore. I have stuff hung up in my garage that gets me by, but, um, you know, I'm still on the fence if it's, if I can make something out of it as far as financially for my family, but is it worth, is the time there? It's just hard to balance that out, but yeah, I mean, I don't know where I'm at with it. I still, you know, I know they're, they're working on something for, for a local fight and that's, Mm -hmm. Like I said, I'm, I was never one. Even when I was in my prime, I was never one to live in the gym because I waited till I got a date to, to train, to stay in shape, and and I ran with it every time. And that was the difference. Like, a lot, I see a lot of these younger guys now. Like, that's their life, and mm-hmm. 
a lot of these guys, you know, everybody does it for different reasons and 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 whatnot. And sure. I just never gave up my 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 time to do what I wanted to do, whether it's friend time, family time, whatever it was. Was I just never gave that up to the sport. Mm-hmm. And it's just when I did do it, I gave it what I thought was, you know, 100%. Sometimes it was, sometimes it wasn't. Um, and, yeah, so, you know, hopefully something comes sooner than later because I'm only getting older. And, you know, I feel like I do, in my heart, I still feel like I have something to give. I still have something. And everybody keeps telling me there's nothing to prove. I did it, whatever, whatever. But like I said, if there's if there's a way that I could financially make a payday out of it, then that's that mm-hmm. that would really I don't really have to sit down and and see if it's worth it. But that's that's where I'm at. I would like to do one more, maybe local, and maybe try to see yeah. if there's something, uh, if there's some money involved somewhere. But yeah, I, I don't know. I don't have you know. That's where I stand. Hey, Lance, uh, listen, uh, I'm about, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm about to uh, I gotta jump off here, but but one thing I'm gonna call you next Saturday, and we're gonna talk some more about Chris Panarello. Because he's worth talking about for as long as I can talk. There you go. Uh, what I wanted to say was, uh, was Joey, listen, when it comes to that boxing stuff, take my advice. Use your own judgment. Make the right decision and you won't be sorry. Okay. Right. And, uh, All right. Thanks. Thanks, Tex. <laughs> listen to what I said. <laughs> I didn't say anything. Stay with me, big guy. Lots of luck. Anyway, what I can tell you is this. I'm calling back next Saturday, and we're talking about, I'm going to be talking about Chris Panarello again. And I want to say goodbye to everybody. Take care. You guys are all great. Lance Panarello, I will see you soon. Keep your hands up. You got it, buddy. Stay well, Tex. All right. You too, brother. Thanks. Thanks. Yep. Thanks, Tex. Hey, thanks. I have a. This is Dave here again. I've really enjoyed this. I I want to echo a comment that Lance made earlier. you know, uh, Dr. Pinarella and, and his wife, you know, just, you know, example is just by looking at their kids, what kind of people they are. And they've raised, raised first-class children. And and when you look back, and, and as Lance touched on and reflected on it, this night is really dedicated to Dr. Pinarella. And in each one of us, no matter what, his legacy is going to continue on in many of us because of the personality sure. that he had. And one thing right. I think the most trans- – one, one of the big things is the word transparency. There, I, I was in camp preparing for my last two championships, and I remember Dr. Panarella was one of the few people I can call. Marty Feldman was training me, and he was very close with Marty Feldman. And he, one thing he was, Doc, Doc was always transparent. He was always honest, and and he would just tell you certain things, and and um, he was right to the point. And sometimes it was things that you didn't really want to hear, but he was always honest. And, and that's the thing. That's one of the things in the sport of boxing right now is missing. They're missing the Dr. Panarellos. They're missing the Marty Feldmans. Because right. these individuals are saying, you're over your head. You shouldn't be going to the ring with that person. You ought to be. And to me, that means a lot. And he, if you watch his kids when they even fought, I mean, they were they were tough. I mean, we used to work fighting on the same cards in the gyms together. And we and his personality was, you know, when you get in the ring, you better be ready. And And at the same time, um, he was very open. If the guy had a good left hook, if the guy had a good jab, you know, he's mentally, physically. I mean, he was all about boxing. And then one of my last conversations with him, I had so much fun. So I, I envision him right now. I envision Doc up in heaven right now at Rocky Marciano telling him he took too many punches. And um, 
on the other side, you've got Marty Feldman and Vince Strategize filling up your Boston. So it's going to be – I'm sure he's having a good time in heaven right now. We, we miss all miss him dearly, but I do know that he – you know, when the legacy is really when you look at his kids and also people like us that are family to him, that really he's actually sparked something in our hearts over the years that his legacy mm-hmm. is going to live through so many people. Mm-hmm. Thank you yeah. so much. He uh, he certainly did, uh, you know, and it's not just us um, that that knew him very well. Um, there was a patient load that he had he carried, whether it was at the jail or it was was uh, in the, in his private practice. That today people probably still owe him money because that's the way Chris was. <laughs> he worked his ass off uh, to make a, a successful practice, but if you came in that office and you were in need, you got seen. And uh, there was no answers or buts. And, uh, you know, one time I said to him, you know, how much, what, what, what's your overhead? He says, I don't know. I said, well, you know, what about how much? How about your collectibles? I don't know. Well, how do you run the business? Uh, the girl gives me money at the end of the day. <laughs> 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 he just, he was, he was a dedicated person, uh, loved by <clears throat> Loved by, <clears throat> excuse me, loved by millions, not just uh, hundreds. He 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 definitely touched a lot of a lot of souls, but one soul that he touched, and I happened to be there. We were down in in Chester. At Joey Eyes had a had a bout going on, and over comes a friend of mine, um, uh, Bernard uh, uh, Fernandez, and Bernard had just retired from the. Uh, uh, he was the head writer for. Uh, uh, the, the Daily News and the Enquirer, and we're standing there and we're talking back and forth. And Chris comes back from getting a cup of coffee or whatever it was. He looks at him and says, "Weren't you uh, Bernard Fernandez?" He says, "Well, I was when I walked in here, and I sure as hell hope I am when I walk out." <laughs> he just <laughs> he, he just he just sat back and you know. And, Took it, took it the you know the way he normally did. Yeah, okay. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Bernard has a has a um, um, a book out. Uh, it's uh, Champion Rounds, and if anybody gets a chance to read it, it is uh, a factual account uh, taken into a lot of uh, different fighters across the years that he uh, he had forty years. He was a, a, a sports writer. Uh, head of the uh, Sports Writers Association of America for the last nine, and uh, he just uh, he was going to be on with us tonight, but his wife's sick, so he's uh, helping her out. But uh, uh, he wanted me to send along uh, his very best wishes to Elaine and, and to you, Lance, uh, because uh, he has some really fond memories of your dad, and uh, he wanted to, everybody to know that. Thank you very much. The uh, the uh, the other thing uh, we were we're trying we were trying to uh, get um, two other uh, boxers that were supposed to be on and they don't seem to be calling in so I'm going to try and get to them. But uh, Lance, is there any other uh, story you want? Or Joey, you have any stories? Uh, I, I was uh, about Chris. Uh, I was too young, man. I don't really, that, that was, I can't remember what I did yesterday, but learned that long ago. Um, <laughs> it was always a good time. I remember always going in there, 
between him and Lance, I mean, I was, I was like I said, I was young, but it was always, it was always a family environment there. Like you always felt at home. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good. I got one Good. about Dave. I can remember. Um, and I can't remember what song he was singing, but Dave thought he was a singer when he was a little boy, and he was like <laughs> six or seven years old. And he had this suit on, he had this little suit on, and he got up and he did this stand-up act. <laughs> and I believe my dad told him he was never going to make it as a singer, <laughs> even at six years old. <laughs> Your dad never forgot that, did he? <laughs> no, he didn't. <laughs> I was definitely man, I was definitely not an Elvis impersonator. If I talked to your dad, he wanted me to stick with boxing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although you did get him a couple times, you called him and used the falsetto voice, and he didn't know oh, what the hell God, to do. Oh my God! He was. It, it was funny. He always called me Davy. So he said, "Come on now, Davy." Once he figured it out, he, after the first couple times, he got he. he he latched on. He realized it was me. But he was, he was on. I truly do miss him. I could not believe it. It was a few months before he passed. I, and when I got, when I got um, uh, Ricky's, uh, Vince's e- email, I was like shocked. And then mm-hmm. um, I was just so, so blessed. That I, a couple months before he passed, I got a chance to talk to him. And so it's probably one year. It's probably the longest I've ever talked with him. And it was mm-hmm. so neat because he took me on a history lesson in the sport of boxing. And, um, it's something like he, Marty Feldman, the, the old legends used to do, and and if and Chris uh, Doc, Doc was one of the best. I mean, he would take you through, and he knew the history and and, and where the fights were. It was just so much fun just to spend that kind of time with him. Yep, he uh, he loved to get, to uh, go down to uh, uh, St. Anthony's on Friday nights for the fights, especially when Mario mm-hmm. and, and all your uh, brothers and uh, were fighting and, and nephews were fighting. He used to love. He'd stand in a corner and he'd cheer like hell, and uh, then he'd give you <laughs> hell afterwards. Uh, I was with him a couple times where he, he actually <laughs> somebody came out of the ring and the first thing you know he's he's face to face with him. Now what the hell did you do this for? Why didn't you do that? <laughs> he he definitely had his own way with things. But, uh, Bob, you got anything? I remember one of his proud moments when when okay. when. When Chris Jr. hit somebody, hit a guy in the Golden Glove with a left hook and dropped the guy, and I, I remember it, 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 the way Doc jumped up and down and how excited he was. It was just, I mean, he was so proud of all of his kids, and just to see that, you know, he he was loved that left hook, and and Chris doubled up that left hook and called the guy, and it's just watching. And the first thing we all did, of course, look right to Doc and see what he was going to do, and of course, he went nuts. It was so exciting. <laughs> No, yeah, I'm just enjoying the stories, man. I, I, you guys have known him way longer than I have, so I, I'm, I'm just along for the ride. I mean, he was an amazing person. Okay, Lance. My, my wife just reminded me of one. You know, and you talk about how he treated everybody and helped everybody, whatever. Well, she used to work the front desk when she was, you know, before we got married, and people would call and they'd say, "I'm one of his friends from the prison." And like, initially he thought that it was like somebody that worked there, but no, it was the people that were actually inmates that he treated that then he would take care of, you know, throughout the rest yeah. of his life. And, yeah. you know, that's just not a normal concept to most people, but to him, like Mike Cole even said earlier, he treated everybody like his friend. And I think it's probably one of his great qualities uh, that 
It did, I mean, it literally didn't even matter if you were a prisoner. You could still be his yeah. friend. Well, yeah, that's awesome. You know, one of the, one of the things they used to uh, kid about uh, at the prison was that if a, if a politician's kid got in trouble or a politician got in trouble or one of their friends got in trouble and they had to go spend time at the farm, uh, they always went. The first stop they made went was uh, at the, um, you know, they call it, uh, um, oh hell, what do they call it? Classification desk, and uh, they would mention Chris's name, and the next thing you know, they would be an, a dental assistant. So they'd be getting out of their, their cell for, for eight, ten hours a day. They had no idea what they were doing, but he would he would vouch for them. <laughs> His other big one that I I can tell now because he's not here. So this guy came to him and said he wanted to go into Peace Corps. And my dad said, well, and he said he wanted to take teeth out when he went traveled all over South America. So my dad said, I'll take you up to the prison and I'll teach you how. Now, all right, this guy's not a dentist, never been to dental school. Let's just keep this in, in perspective here for a second. So he, he brings the guy out, and the guy says, well, I'm just going to sit here and watch. So my dad knows people starts pulling teeth. Well, the guy turns away as the ghost just about passed out. So then he said, all right, you ready to do the next one? And he, he said, you know, and he said, this is my buddy, Dr. So-and-so. I won't use his name because he's still alive. And he said, this is my buddy, Dr. So-and-so. He's going to take your tooth out. And he taught my dad. My dad taught him how to take teeth out. Now, granted, in today's world, there'd be many problems with what I'm just telling you right now. But in my dad's world, that was perfectly normal behavior. So this guy travels all over South America for a long time. He takes tons of teeth out, helped all the poor people that, like, spoke no English. Like, they, they couldn't communicate at all, and he, he would he pulled tons of teeth out. So the country of Brazil heard that he was doing this. They call him into the dental school, and they're thinking about arresting him because he's practicing without a license and this, that, and the other. So they come into dental school, and they get to talking with the guy, and he said, look, can I you know, at least show you what I can do and whatever, blah, blah, blah. So the guy shows him what he can do, and he's in the dental school. They offered the guy a job to be a teacher at the dental school <laughs> <laughs> on the spot. <laughs> And, and, and that's, all of that is true. That's not even an exaggeration. So my dad took him to the prison and taught him how to take teeth out. And probably not many people would have bent that rule except for him. That's right. <laughs> yeah. And he's the only guy that can get, get away with it. Absolutely. And people really? wouldn't have been mad at him, you know? No, no. No. Because it's, he, uh, he was hard to get mad at. You know, the, the one thing I can I, I have memories of is uh, if I was driving down Chichester Avenue, and he'd be getting out of the car and going into the office. I'd honk the horn. The next thing you know, he didn't know who the hell it was. The hand was up waving, and he was just smiling. He didn't care who the hell it was. But uh, <laughs> uh, he, <laughs> yeah, that's, just, that's just the way he was. And he had a, he came from a, a very good had a very good uh, lineage. As far as a dentist concerned, because his uh, uncle uh, Chris uh, Necrelli uh, was down on Fourth uh, uh, and uh, was at Lincoln and Fifth uh, mm-hmm. Lincoln. And <clears throat> excuse me, uh, I think everybody—not only Italians in America, but every Chester—but everybody I ever talked to 
at one point or another went to went to Chris, and uh, they were always uh, every. He just uh, was a great guy, um, much like uh, like your dad, um, a lot heavier than your dad, a lot uh, a lot taller yeah. than your dad. But, uh, yeah. but uh, he had that smile, he had that way, and you know, like as, as a young kid, I can remember going in there scared as hell that I was going to have to. I hated the drill, but by the time I got in that chair, he had me calm down and and. Uh, making me believe that uh, this was the greatest thing since sliced bread. He just had that way, just the way Chris did. He ever met somebody, you were his friend for life. Screw him, and you were dead. You know, he yeah. wouldn't talk to you. But, but um, so, you know, it's just a, funny story he was an amazing guy. He, he was, and, and my dad's first day when he went to learn how to be a dentist, he went with Chris to the uh, prison because Uncle Chris had worked there before my dad. He gave, you know, so my dad goes with him, and he goes down the line, and he numbs like the three people, right? And, and some of the people in the chairs had broken teeth on both sides of their mouth. You know, their, their teeth were a mess. So he goes down the line, numbs one, two, three, then he goes back to the first guy. Now, my dad's 18 years old, you know, and here he is coming to see what it's like to be a dentist. So he takes the first tooth out. He gets to the second guy, takes that out. He gets to the third guy. He grabs a tooth on the other side of the mouth. Now, like you said about Chris, he was short and heavy. Well, the guy freaks out. He kicks the tray. The instruments go flying. Chris grabs him by the head, wrestles him to the ground, and they're wrestling on the ground. And Chris rips the tooth out and stands up. And the guy's screaming. He goes, you dummy. He goes, you numbed the tooth on the other side. And Chris, in his great wisdom, <laughs> gave him 20 bucks and goes, he said, go tell everybody how tough you are. You had a tooth pull with no Novocaine. <laughs> and the guy stood up, and he smiled, took the money, and walked right out. <laughs> and that was, my, that was my dad's first day watching being a dentist. It's amazing he actually continued. <laughs> uh, hey, guys. Hey, guys. Mike Cole here. I apologize, but I got to jump off now. Uh, it was such a pleasure being on. Uh, I thank you. Uh, and uh, you know, it was great listening to all the stories. The, the little bit I had to share pales in comparison with everything I'm hearing. But uh, Lance, please know that uh, you and your family, please know that uh, your dad meant an awful lot to me, and I had a tremendous respect for him. Uh, he was a great man. So uh, thanks for having me on. And uh, Okay, Mikey. Best of luck to everybody. Thank, Thanks, thank Mike. you, Mike. And he had he had the same respect for you. He, you were at a fine place in his heart as well. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. That means a lot. Thank you. All right. Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night. Good night. Hey, Frank. Hey, Frank. Just something too. I think that a lot of times, a lot of us overlook, and I talk to some of my fighter friends to notify them that the doc passed away. Is is this? What Doc and, and Miss Panarella did over the years by sacrificing so much, they were, they were, we, we were joking on the phone with some of the fighters I informed, and then we were like, there, there'd be a lot of toothless fighters in Chester and Philadelphia fighting for Dr. Panarella. Um, <laughs> the way he, you know, I was one of 14 kids, and we, we, we hadn't hardly any money. We didn't have much. And, and when I look back as a small business owner now, you know, you talk about sainthood. What, what Dr. Panarella has done, and he, with a smile on his face, the Tiberi boys would walk in there, and he would sit us down, and and that's something I'll never forget. I mean, that's you know for for the, the give 
having three daughters now and, and he, him having small children at home and, and we're coming in there and he's not charging, I can't imagine, you know, all the, with Miss Panarella, you know, trying to run a business and then at the same time, because of the kindness of their hearts, they're, they're trying to help you know, those in need. And not just boxers, but others. I've heard other stories, so many other stories. And I'm, uh, so I was so excited to call tonight because that's, that's the kind of heroes that we want to highlight in our community is, right. is Dr. Panarella and his wife. The Panarellas are great people, and that's just a great example. They sacrificed their business and, and, and time and money to be able to help so many people. And, and, and you would never hear Dr. Panarella tell you that he's helped somebody or he's done this for somebody else. He just did it. And um, to me, that's, that's, he's, a, he's a shining example of what our society needs more of. That's for sure. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. You know, Dave, you brought up a, a, a thing there that uh, also if you ask anybody at the uh, Boothwin Fire Company uh, what they thought of, of uh, young Chris and, and Chris, uh, they walked on water as far as they were concerned. If there was ever anything that had to be done or needed to be done, those guys were the first ones there to respond to help people. Uh, and uh, that's, a, that's a legacy that the family will have. That's uh, something that nobody can ever take from anybody. And the memories that, that I have over the 60, 65 years that I knew him, the memories that, that Ron uh, – oh, I, that I, Ron couldn't make it tonight, but <clears throat> I, I just thought of a story he told. Um, they're, they're, they're just lasting memories, and uh, they're, they're just a tribute to a, what a tremendous guy he was. And, and Elaine, he, the only way he could be a, a tremendous guy with us – and, and the, the guy of the future uh, in the in the community was that you were allowed you allowed him to do it and and uh, that Amen. you know you have our, our deepest respect. Um, the um, the one thing when they got at, at you know Chris and, and uh, Ron met in the uh, service uh, they were both down in Texas and when they got out uh, Ron had this uh, inkling about he always loved property buying property. So he goes down to Myrtle Beach, and he buys his property, like uh, four acres, for like uh, I'll say twenty five hundred bucks. So he said to Chris, "Look, the next four acres is the same price. Why don't you Why don't you invest in it?" Chris looks around. He says, "Hey, this is nothing but a mosquito farm. Come on." <laughs> and today, and today <laughs> those eight acres are part of a multi million dollar golf course. <laughs> he, he had that real estate agent talked out of his job he said you got to be kidding me he said there's no airport he said this place will never make it he said what the hell's the matter you better get another job you're going to starve down here he told him Let me go get her. Hold on. Okay. I'm sure she probably will. You know, you guys did understate it because, you know, he was a bit of a handful at times, you know. He was a million sure. pounds of fun, but he he was a lot to manage. And, and to yeah, her credit, um, mm-hmm. she, she earned some stripes. 
you know, That's for messaging sure. with all the fights and the, you know, this, that, and the other. So I'm going to turn it over. I'm going to turn it over to her for a second. Okay. <laughs> you and to all the people that have called in and said such wonderful things about Chris. Um, every Saturday night, he did the show. So we either had to go out for dinner early, uh, which wasn't really his thing because nap time was like five <laughs> to six. So, you know, he had to be home for the show, but he thoroughly enjoyed it. And, um, and I thank you for it. It, it filled a void in his life at that time. And uh, just hearing all these wonderful things you said about him. And um, I want and I want to thank you, and I want you to thank the Peak Nuns for me in Delaware. Oh, sure. Sure. <laughs> they, they got, they got their justice. I don't know if <laughs> everyone knows about them, but um, they do <laughs> exist, and uh, I want to thank you for that. Yep. They got their uh, they got their just reserved and uh, and they they yeah. send a nice note afterwards. <laughs> oh, bless them and bless you, Frank. Thank you. Yeah, it's, it's my right. pleasure. Okay. Well, guys, we're just well, at the uh, the end of our. Go ahead, go ahead, Lance. Uh, no, go ahead, Frank. You can go ahead. I'll... I was just saying we're just about at the end of our hour, and we're going to have to wrap it up here and. Uh, but Lance uh, I, I, and Bob, Bob is one of my partners on here. We're 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 asking you anytime you have. I know you're a very busy guy between your practices and, and uh, coaching football, and then you have a family. But um, uh, anytime you have some uh, a Saturday night uh, from seven to eight, seven thirty to eight thirty, we're on. Uh, we extend it tonight because uh, there were so many people that wanted to to say something. Uh, but we would really love to have you join us. And, Dave, that goes for you, uh, too. Thank you, Frank. Yes, thank you. It would be an honor. And, and like my mom said, you know, I don't think he had any idea of what he was involved in. You know, he just liked to do it because it was fun for him. You know, but like when he, talk, mm-hmm. when he talked about, you know, talking to Vander Holyfield for an hour and something, and, and mm-hmm. like it was just like he was sitting on the couch talking to whoever. Like he he didn't even – it never affected him, I guess, but he loved it, and, and it was just it was a special part in his life. And he was yeah. not much for a schedule, but he knew when this show was, and he would make that time because, you know, a schedule and him were not really two things that ran together. He kind of beat <laughs> to his own job. <laughs> no matter what, you know. So he, he did cut time aside, and he always stepped out of wherever he were to yeah. get on the phone, and, and he did love it. And uh, to all of you for all the wonderful things you said, I mean, you know, we were lucky. He was a gift, you know, to all of us, but he was especially a gift to us, and we got to have him more than everybody else. So we were really the lucky ones, and I'm just glad that everybody else got to share in him too because we did. We look at him as a gift. He really was a gift to the world. Yep, he was, and they certainly broke the mold after him. Um, yes, sir. As Dave was saying, they they need more of him. Um, yeah. But uh, all right, we're gonna gonna close it out here. And, Again, I want to thank uh, Lance and your family, your mom, uh, Bob. As always, um, next week we got. Uh, oh, Bob, you had a you had a question you want to ask Lance. Your dad was always our, our medical expert. 
Uh, we couldn't yes, trust Re- Repesty to be there, so we would ask him <laughs> any medical questions. Sure, go ahead. Go ahead, Bob. Bob must have slipped off to the bottle. Okay. <laughs> oh, sorry. I had it on mute, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Damn mute button in his big fat, fat fingers. <laughs> I know, right? Go ahead, go ahead, Bob. No, I, uh, yeah, we were we were just uh, talking off air at the beginning how you know with all the the, the new breaks and stuff in uh, in MMA, all the breaking of the legs and stuff, and how it was different. Is that what you're referring to, Frank? Yes, yes. Okay, yeah. And so we'd always go to Doctor Chris with with all the new stuff, and, you know, and and uh, you know his his growing involvement with the MMA and whatnot, because that was my forte. And, you know, and he, uh, we talk about the difference between the concussions and, and the, you know, the punch drunk before, versus all the broken legs. So it wasn't more of a, so much of a question, just, you know, we were really missing him and, and his commentary and his input on everything. So thanks for this. Yeah. Uh, you're so welcome. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Well. Dave, again, thank you very much for calling in. Lance, uh, again, uh, thank you for everything. We appreciate it. And I'll, I'll be talking to you later on in the week. Uh, and uh, so I'm looking at the numbers right now. Uh, we are at uh, 279,212 with an uptick uh, in Pennsylvania of uh, 1,400 uh, new listeners uh, tonight. So, uh, this really, um, this is our, this is the top, top, this is the top number we've had in the 14 years that uh, I've been doing this show. So, uh, man, everybody, uh, not just us, everybody loved to to listen to uh, the maestro when he was on. So, uh, the wise guy. Uh, yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Uh, Ladies and well, gentlemen, that, these burgers fitting, are fitting, That's a fitting tribute. Yes, it is. These, well uh, these burgers are brought, brought to you each and every night of the week in grateful appreciation to the men and women of the United States Armed Forces, the men and women police and fire services, and, and those on, on the front line of COVID, the doctors, the, the uh, nurses, the auxiliary people in the hospital, as well as those who kept the markets open so we could stay fed and, fed and happy. Uh, we appreciate uh, everybody listening. Uh, these programs are also dedicated to those who've lost their lives in the line of duty. Deputy Robert Anthony Carroll, Patrolman David Curtis, Patrolman Jeffrey Colcap, Sergeant Thomas Batinger, Patrolman Jeffrey Yazowitz, Detective Randy Bell, Detective Ricky Children, San Diego, <coughs> San Diego Officer Mike Kendler, Lieutenant Mike Zerba, Newcastle County Police, Patrolman uh, Norfolk Crispin, Lakeland PD, Chief Al Hogo, Longwood Key Police Department, Chief Jimmy Ford, Wilmington Fire Department, Highway Patrolman Alonzo Moses, Philadelphia Highway Patrol. Highway Patrolman Brian Lazaro, Philadelphia Highway Patrol. Highway Patrolman Brian Murphy, Plymouth Township, PA Highway Patrol. Lieutenant Bob Neary, Philadelphia Fire Department. Sergeant Mike, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, Sergeant Mike Wilson, Charlotte County Sheriff's Department. Deputy Chief Mike Goblin, Philadelphia Fire Department. Deputy Jonathan Scott Pine, Orange County Sheriff's Department. Patrolman Robert Germain, Windermere, Florida Police Department. Trooper Chelsea Richards, Florida Highway Patrol. Lieutenant Joyce Craig Lewis, Philadelphia Fire Department. Patrolman Charlie Condit, Tarpon Springs Police Department. Hillsborough County Deputy Sheriff Charlie Kotloff. Sergeant James O'Connor, Philadelphia Police Department. Sergeant Rodney Bond, Delaware State Police. Uh, 
Captain Chris Leach, Wilmington Fire Department. Lieutenant Jerry Ficus, Wilmington Fire Department. Lieutenant Arthur Hope, Wilmington Fire Department. FDLE Special Inspector Vinny Galaccio. Delaware State Trooper Corporal Stephen Boward. Kissimmee Patrol Officer Matt Baxter. Kissimmee Sergeant Sam Howard. Captain Matt Letourneau, Philadelphia Fire Department. Deputy Bill Gentry, Highland County Sheriff's Department. Deputy Clay Zerba, Clay County Sheriff's Department. Deputy Natalie Corona, L.A. County Sheriff's Department. Uh, Deputy April Rodriguez, Pasco County Sheriff's Department. Officer Bob McKetchen, Biloxi, Kentucky Police Department. Trooper Joe Bullock, Florida Highway Patrol. Sergeant Brian LeBake, Hillsborough County Sheriff's Department. And Deputy Mike Malik of Pinellas County Sheriff's Department. My brothers and sisters, although you may be 10-7 at this point in time, sometime we'll be 10-10 at the table of the Lord. Until that time, may the rose rise up to meet you. May the winds be always at your back. May the rains fall softly on your fields and the sun shine lightly on your face. Until we meet again, may the good Lord keep you and your families always in the palm of his hand. Good night. God bless and have a great week.
dispatch to 1999. <coughs> County dispatch to 1999. All units be advised, 1999 has responded to his last emergency. May God rest his soul.